Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Good evening, folks. It's time for episode 34 of It's News to Us, WRVA's daily podcast. Uh, talking about the day's news. Yes, I'm back. Uh, it's Matt Demline here. Um, you didn't don't have to listen to Jeff Stapleton going solo, although you will actually in, a, in about a week. Yeah, it'll, it'll happen soon enough. Don't you worry. Yeah, uh, but I'm I'm back for for this week, um, and uh, as as we know, these are much more enjoyable both to do and to listen to when it's oh, yeah. two voices as compared to just one, because all we do is blabber when it ends up being one. But uh, right. we're going to continue. We're, we're to- all uh, uh, both of us are afraid of silence, so we just continue talking for eight straight minutes. Pretty much, this is why we got into this business because we hate silence. Um, okay. So. So that we like informing you of, of information, but mostly it's we hate silence. So <laughs> we'll get right into it. Uh, the top uh, one of the top local stories today. Uh, hard to believe it's only three weeks until school starts in Chesterfield. Man, isn't that weird? Um, yeah. uh, it's I, this totally irrelevant to Virginia. But my sister who teaches in Kansas has to go back to prepare her classroom on Wednesday this yeah. week. So that's you know, we're, we're having having friends in Kansas and Missouri. I yeah, I'm aware that they're they're starting early. Yeah. Even though we now start early, it's you right. know they they start even earlier. That's um, far too early, yes. <laughs> like early August. But, but why this is a big issue, and I imagine it's an issue in Kansas. I just don't have the numbers in front of no. us. But there are 271 teacher vacancies still uh, in Chesterfield. That's they have to fill those in three weeks. They're yeah. not going to fill those in three weeks. I, I you know I don't think anyone. And Chesterfield believes they will fill all 271 um, in three weeks. And this comes despite having job fairs and, you know, advertising and everything that they've done to, to over the summer to try and fill those positions. They're, they're still open. They're, they have another job fair this month and another one in September. But there, there's going to be um, some bigger classrooms. There's going to be some double classes, you know, where teachers are going to be teaching a little bit more and not have as much free time. Um, there's there's going to be some some tight scheduling and some tight tight situations uh, this year. And we should mention that Chesterfield is not the only one in this boat. We're just focusing on them because they're starting first. But, you know, Richmond and Henrico there and, and probably Hanover, too. They're all in the same boat. Yeah, as, as, Chest, as a Chesterfield spokesman told me last year, that uh, if he, you know, when they were dealing with the bus driver vacancies, if he knew that they knew that they were going to get all the focus by being first, he never would have allowed them <laughs> yeah, to be would have first. gone first. We wouldn't have gone first. So, <laughs> yep. So on the good side with the bus drivers, and we talked about this, uh, I want to say a week or two ago, um, the bus driver vacancy situation is actually pretty good. They have 40 vacancies, but 40 people on the pipeline. So um yeah the bus driver situation is much better than it was last year. So your kids will get to school. Um, they just might have a bigger class. You know, there could be, yeah. they could be going into classrooms that are pretty full. Yeah. Pretty full. Or, you know, maybe in the high school situation, you have a class that maybe you, you, you don't teach because 
you know, it's a, it's a small elective type situation. And it could be scrapped um, altogether. Exactly. And, and to be honest with you, I know this is happening at the college level too. So it's, 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 it's not, it's not easy. Um, this is not to, this is not to criticize Chesterfield. This is just to say they're the first, they're the ones looking at this situation right now. Right. Chesterfield parents be aware and, and the other districts be aware it's coming maybe a week or two after that. So. Right. It's be this uh, base, pretty much a ripple effect. Chesterfield first, then the others. Right. Exactly. Um, speaking of education, speaking of money for education, speaking of teachers, all of the above, um, Virginia lottery, um, of course the billion dollar jackpot uh, was won over the weekend. Nobody here, but. <laughs> Unless I went to Illinois and bought a ticket, which I did. Not. Hey, hey, if, if, any, if any of us was going to go to Illinois to buy a ticket. It yeah. makes sense. It would be me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, that run ended up producing a fairly tidy profit for uh, for education in Virginia. Yeah. Not only does 29 jackpots without a winner make a really big jackpot, it also kind of adds up the profits for education in the state. And Virginia Lottery saying today that this big mega millions jackpot, which on Friday, when I was anchor, it called it the Mega Billions jackpot because, you know, it was over a billion dollars. But the Mega Millions jackpot uh, ended up resulting in $30.2 million in profit for Virginia's K-12 through education. And just because I didn't know, I asked, well, well, exactly how is that handled? I mean, they just dole it out evenly around the, the state or what? How does that work? Basically, they said that... Uh, Lottery profits in general make up about 10% of the entire education budget, which doesn't really sound like much, but it is a significant, the lottery says it's a significant amount of money that is used for education. And keep in mind, the education budget is huge. Yeah. So even 10% of a huge budget is still a lot. Hey, you take away 10% of my salary. I'm going to, I'm going to know. Just saying. Uh, so come up, with, come up with my salary. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but the state legislature determines how profits are spent. And basically a third of that is discretionary spending or needs based spending. Let's say you know, the person I talked to, let's say, you know, in Richmond, they want calculators or somewhere else they need books. All that money is, you know, earmarked for that purpose. And two thirds of it is going to specific programs that the legislature specifically funds. Now this would be stuff like uh, early reading re intervention, school breakfasts, stuff like that. Um, and uh, reducing class size. And we were talking about perhaps that's not going to happen this year, but it's not because of yeah. anything that's coming from the lottery. It's just basically other other means that are causing that. But yeah. basically they're saying, you know, this is how the money is is doled out in public schools. No, un un understood. Um, and uh, speaking of the people who make those decisions, the uh, you know the the general assembly, um, we've gotten some rulings in regards to the House of Delegates. Um, of course, there's been talk off and on, and there's been lawsuits as to whether or not we would have a House of Delegates election um, this coming year. Now, mind you, we're in August. If they were going to order elections in November, that is a super super quick turnaround. I mean, I, I worked in Delaware and once they had primaries, I mean, they may still do, but they had primaries in September and then elections in November. And that was a quick, that was super quick. But for Virginia, I mean, that is obscenely quick. That's almost impossible. Almost impossible. It's not um, going to happen. Uh, yeah. It's basically the gist of what we're talking about here. A federal judge in Richmond today 
put the pretty much the final nail in the coffin of the possibility of having House of Delegates races in November. Uh, you may remember a lawsuit that was dismissed earlier that was brought forth by Paul Goldman. Uh, that was dismissed, I want to say, a month or two ago. Yeah, right? I want to say into June. So Right. And then shortly after that one was dismissed, another lawsuit came up. This one from uh, Jeff Thomas, who's an author. Also, there are a couple of other people uh, in this lawsuit as well, including the Loudoun County NAACP president and a past president. So yeah. there are other people who were uh, in this lawsuit, or not targeted in the lawsuit, but as part of the lawsuit. Right. And they basically said that last year when the census data wasn't, and the redistricting wasn't really finalized yet, um, that last year's House of Delegates votes didn't count because the votes were diluted and all the districts are different now. And all that stuff was delayed anyway because of the pandemic. So um, they, the judge thought that they, you know, the Goldman uh, suit didn't have any uh, merit. And basically he's saying this doesn't have any merit. And the attorney general's office was saying that the elections were constitutional because the state was required at that time to have the best population data available. Whether that meant that census data and redistricting was finalized by then or not doesn't matter. It means that the election was to go on and the judge sided with the attorney general's office who said, no, last year's House of Delegates uh, elections were legit. No need to do it over again. We're fine. Yeah. And, and there has been precedent, not necessarily on, on census data, there, but there was ordered uh, elections, uh, um, intervening elections back in the 80s, yeah. where you had elections in 81, 82 and 83, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um but also um, what's interesting here is that there's there's been some Democrats who thought this was a good idea to to try and, and get elections uh, this fall, because obviously they lost control of the General Assembly last year. Now, there are other Democrats, other analysts who felt, hey, maybe having elections this year isn't great because it's not the best environment for Democrats to be on the ballot this year. Right. Um, so it. Really, what it means is that, again, we're going to be back to our off year elections. Yeah. Um, expect expect um, while a lot of people are focusing on this year and, um, um, you know, with the congressional elections, to be honest with you, next year is probably the more crucial year when you have right. the entire Senate in the entire uh, entire House of Delegates up for elections. And let's say this judge let the lawsuit go through. It would be. Yeah, I, the, the whole campaign to get ads out. Yeah. Before November, it just I don't know if it would have worked. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it would it would have been interesting. The one person, the one people who well, one person, one people, the people who would have benefit the most, yeah, the ad buyers. And, right. And people, right. You know, right. You know, and that's it. I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been bad for us here at this station. Let, right. Let's put I mean, it in this. <laughs> the voters, it's like, well, a week ago, we weren't having an election. Exactly. Now we are. Yeah. It, it, it would it would have been difficult. It would have been it yeah. would have been interesting. It would have been hectic. But in regardless, it's not happening. So. Right, right. So that's basically it for for the local news today. Obviously, uh, Jeff and I both glad to be back doing this, you know, yeah. together as compared to, to talking solo. Um, so so good. Good deal there. Um, and obviously, if you have stuff you want us to answer, have questions, you know, recommendations, anything along that line. 
Put it in the comments. We recommend that only one of us do this. Yes. We're welcome to hear that exactly. as well. Anything you want to hear, just, just let us know. We'll, we'll try and incorporate this. We're, this is, again, a much more casual way of giving you the news for the day. Right. So, again, this has been episode 34 of its news to us. He's Jeff Stapleton. I'm Matt Demline. We'll both, both of us be back tomorrow. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.